Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Notre Dame kicks off uh, week zero play in college football on Saturday in Dublin, Ireland against, uh, against Navy. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by Mike Berardino of the South Bend Tribune and also NDInsider.com. And, Mike, let's start with Marcus Freeman. He starts year two as the head coach. Uh, there are new offensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator, uh, new quarterback, albeit uh, what seems to be a significant upgrade. Maybe some questions about the running the ball and stopping the run. What, what are the biggest questions for you heading into the fall? Well, uh, I'll start with uh, Sam Hartman and the uh, receiver core and the tight end group that um, has to get used to his his ways, um, which have been successful, but with uh, a different band of receivers uh, and targets over the years at Wake Forest. So this is a group that's uh, very much all potential based, not a lot of production aside from Jaden Thomas. You know, the tight ends who come back to their career production was basically Michael Mayer's one game against BYU. That was the, the, the total. You could swap that out. Michael Mayer not here anymore. He's a Raider. So Sam Hartman's going to have to lift that group. Um, I think he can, and I think they're worth lifting and able to to uh, be successful and, and productive all year. Guys like Tobias Merriweather, uh, Deion Colsey, Chris Tyrese, a slot receiver now, a uh, track star who had been in the kind of blocked in the in the backfield. Audric Estime is the uh, lead dog there in the in the backfield. You mentioned Hartman. He threw for more than 300 yards per game last season at Wake Forest. Is Notre Dame uh, now a throw-first offense or at least a faster pace under the new offensive coordinator, Gerard Baker? And what what are realistic statistical uh, expectations for Hartman this year? Well, uh, the first thing is unless you know of a uh... – of a dome that's coming to Notre Dame Stadium, I think it'd be wise, uh, considering the geography and the weather, to always have uh, ground and pound in in the playbook. And um, you know, they, Marcus Freeman talks often about a an offense and defensive line driven program. Um, they have to be able to do the very basics, and uh, that's the tradition. They they now can stretch the field as well, which should open up more running lanes for. A, you know, estimate himself uh, averaged nearly six yards a carry last year. So even though there's been some changeover on the offensive line, two new starting guards, they have an All-American at left tackle and Joe Alt. They have a potential All-America and certainly a first-round possibility in, at right tackle and Blake Fisher. And they have an experienced center in Zeke Carell. When they need to run, when they need to pick up uh, short yardage uh, situations, uh, I, I think uh, it'll be on the ground not going to be a finesse team but it's a team that will have quick strike capability freeman his first season in notre dame they failed to make some big plays in fourth quarters against uh, ohio state and usc and losses they lost close home games to marshall and stanford how much of that was freeman being a first year coach and might uh, what might he address uh, in his second season well, certainly there was a learning curve. He doesn't run from that. Um, and it would also be foolish to think that just because it's year two that he's made his last coaching mistake, whether that's in preparation, whether that's in the, the messaging, or that's something on the field, something as simple as uh, 
refusing to take an easy three points against Stanford early in that game, going forward on fourth and short, and then later losing a two-pointer at home to a bad Stanford team. He brought that up uh, this offseason when we spoke, that uh, that's something that, that resonates with him. And, and uh, he, he said that back then I was just going by the analytics, and he's going to still have a, a blend of analytics, but also more room for the instinct and the gut decisions of a second-year head coach now. Um, you know, I, I do think that he's 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 got a staff in place that has just two holdovers now uh, from the Brian Kelly era, uh, and one of those is someone that Marcus Freeman went to high school with, and Mike Mickens, who's an excellent cornerback coach. So uh, there's a comfort level, there's a uh, trust level, there's uh, there's continuity, there's consistency in messaging. We'll see how uh, important it is to, for everybody to be saying velocity. Or clarity equals velocity. See, I screwed it up. Clarity equals velocity. We hear that a lot. And uh, that's what they want the players to do. Play fast. You know, don't be uh, indecisive. Well, let's see if that applies to the the head coach and, of course, uh, a new offensive coordinator and Jared Parker as well. Mike Verdino of the South Bend Tribune and Notre Dame Insider, ND Insider, currently in the sports zone. You mentioned Michael Mayer. He's moved on to the NFL how do they try to at least compensate for some of what he was able to deliver in his time at Notre Dame? Well, you know, in some ways it could be liberating um, for the offense. Obviously, Tommy Reese was the play caller. He's now a play caller at Alabama. Drew Pine was the primary quarterback. He's at Arizona State and now, and now injured. But Hartman... Uh, I don't think we'll be tempted to lock into any one third down target. That's what would happen over and over last year with Mayer, and sometimes it worked, and sometimes he was just double covered, uh, and and there was no way to get to beat that. So uh, you're going to look for guys like Holden Stays. They call themselves tight end you here because every tight end going back like a decade and a half who started here has been primary starter has eventually been drafted into the NFL. So it's on Holden Stays. Uh, a, a sophomore now um, to continue that. It's on Mitchell Evans, who caught the game-winning touchdown in the Gator Bowl, um, to extend that. And um, those are the two guys. Kevin Bauman was being expected. He's being counted on uh, as another piece of that, um, but he's out for the year with another torn ACL. Another name to keep in mind at tight end is Eli Raritan, who's coming off a torn ACL, but is a little behind schedule but was actually one of the most efficient blockers in the country last year. And at 6'6", 6'7", he's a nice inviting target down the field as well. You know, you mentioned uh, the ground and pound idea and obviously the, you know, the cold weather and, and so forth. Uh, the running game last year was 35th in the nation. What's, what's a realistic expectation for that group and that, uh, you know, that number this year? Well, it, you know, some of it will depend on getting into a rhythm, and I do think Estime has the potential to be a. You know, he was he just missed a thousand yard season last year while splitting time with Tyree, the aforementioned Tyree, now in the slot, and with Logan Diggs, who transferred down to LSU back home. Um, you're going to hear uh, the the, the uh, change of pace backs now are Jabron Payne, who's untested. He's a, he's a redshirt freshman, and um, Jadarian Price, who comes off an Achilles. Tear that, that wiped out his what would have been his freshman season. So those are a couple of names. I also have uh, Penn State transfer Devin Ford, who's more going to, I think we're going to see him more in special teams, kickoff returner, but potential out of the backfield. And um, 
there's, there's a freshman who's blazing fast named Jeremiah Love. Not sure how much we'll see him because one of the things you have to do, but I do think if we see him, he'll, he'll be fun to watch. One of the things you have to do in this offense to get on the field as a running back for Dylan McCullough is, is blitz pickup. You must be mm. airtight in pass protection, whether you have a Wake Forest grad transfer that was the, the toast of the offseason and Sam Hartman or not. You cannot blow that, and Navy will be quite a test for him because Navy brings it. Meanwhile, on the defensive side, I want to start with uh, Phoenix Brophy prep product, uh, Benjamin Mason. Started a lot of last season uh, as a freshman at corner. What uh, most impresses you about Morrison? Ben Morrison, uh, second team All-America. I, I get to vote for the AP uh, uh, for that, and I had him first team um, just because we get to see him. We're, we're, it's fun to watch. You know, the six interceptions last year uh, tied the program freshman record. Freshmen are only eligible going back to 1972. And Luther Bradley, the former Lion, um, he's all, still the all-time leader in interceptions. Spoke with him recently, all-time leader in Notre Dame program history in interceptions. Well, he had six as a freshman in 1973. So he'd be more than fine if Ben Morrison wants to go on and break Luther's record of 17 interceptions at Notre Dame. But I think we all know that uh, there's, you know, with the way the system works and, and with the early profile the scouts are well aware in the nfl of, of ben morrison's shutdown capability plus so are opposing offensive coordinators and quarterbacks i don't think he'll be challenged as much this year and and that's that's natural so the interceptions may drop off but the pro football focus efficiency numbers figure to stay very high the quarterback rating allowed uh on pff will again be tiny and um cam hart is a senior captain and he's a he's a graduate student and he's the other corner and I, I just think that Notre Dame's uh, got a potential to have a really good secondary. I remember Luther Bradley from back in the day. All right. Okay. Right? So defensive coordinator. Yeah. Shut, yeah. shut down. I'm old. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, defensive coordinator <laughs> Al Golden. He's back as a <laughs> – the old timers segment here. Uh, Gal Golden uh, back in you know, he was a, obviously he's been a head coach in college and an NFL assistant coach. What do you look from him and his defense in week two at Notre Dame? Or excuse me, year two at Notre Dame. Well, Al Golden, you know, with the the half dozen years that he spent in the NFL, some of those with the Bengals reached the Super Bowl. Um, you know, this is a guy who's uh, had not called the defense, had not been the coordinator going back. Um, to his assistant days at Virginia. He had to go back to like the Al Gro day. There's another name for you, Al Gro, uh, still <laughs> out there, still a, a, you know in the Parcells tree. But um, uh, Al Golden, may, basically the offseason mantra was simplify. He threw a lot, maybe he threw an NFL-level uh, menu at these guys last year on defense and asked them to master it and to play fast. And there was some indecisiveness and and it led to some problems, uh, even with the career sack leader, Isaiah Foskey, uh, now with the Saints, even with Foskey on, on the pass rush, they, they were not efficient, according to PFF overall. They were, they were pretty much uh, in the top, around 50th in the country, getting to the quarterback, of affecting the quarterback. They need to do that more now with a different cast of characters and basically just turn these, these athletes, these they talk a lot about violence here. They want on-field violence. Well, Jordan Botello can bring that from what they call the Viper spot. That was Foskey's old spot. Um, a guy named Junior Tui Halamaka from Southern California can bring that. 
Um, Josh Burnham is a the guy they're going to turn loose. And then look for Jalen Sneed to really be kind of this, uh, they call it the rover, but that's really, that's, he's going to play that spot. But I think he's just going to be this chess piece for him. He's a, he's a red shirt freshman, was a five-star signee from Hilton Head, South Carolina. And anytime he was on the field last year, whether it was against Navy, whether it was against South Carolina in the bowl game, he flashes and he changes the game. He's a plan wrecker. He's a problem for opposing offenses. And I think Jalen Sneed uh, is going to be that piece for Al Golden that will cover up any other uh, mistakes on that defense. Special teams, they blocked seven kicks last year, but the coordinators moved on to the NFL. They've had to replace their primary kicker and punter from last season. What are expectations for the special teams group this year? Well, I, I, you know, unofficially I'm setting the over-under on uh, punt blocks uh, for the Notre Dame special teams at uh, uh, 1.5, uh, maybe 0.5. It's going to be really hard to, uh, to beat that again. Everybody knows how they did it last year, even though Brian Mason is a, like, he's a wizard with that. And I will say Marty Biaggi, the new special teams coordinator, comes most recently from Ole Miss. He has a track record at Purdue, at North Texas, of affecting punters, but he talks openly that they want to be more effective in the punt return, and that's where the speed of Chris Tyree could be interesting. He's been a kickoff returner. Now he's going to be a punt returner. Notre Dame's been fair catch you for way too long, and I think they want to start uh, affecting, setting up a better field position for Hartman and company off of the punt return. The kicker is a grad transfer. Everybody's you know, we're in the era of you get long snappers via grad transfer, not at Notre Dame. Long snappers <laughs> Uh, fourth-year fourth starter. He's a sixth-year senior, Michael Milk Vinson. Uh, almost uh, sh- should have been named team captain, really. But uh, Spencer Schrader is a huge leg. I mean, this guy, uh, they'll, they, you may see them attempt the 60-yard field goal at some point this year and not necessarily out of desperation because we've seen him uh, three-quarters of the way up the, uh, the uh, goalposts from, like, 58. So this guy, uh, I don't know about the accuracy, but the strength is certainly there. Uh, and the punter is Bryce McPherson. He's a, um, he was here last year. He's a redshirt freshman and was a highly recruited punter. Originally committed to Wake Forest, never got to be the punter for Sam Hartman, who you hope you never have to punt when you have Sam Hartman, but occasionally you will. And now they are teammates at Notre Dame. Okay, last up, two-parter here. Uh, Notre Dame consistent, consensus, roughly a 20.5-point favorite on Saturday against Navy. Does Notre Dame cover the 20 and a half and also season win total? The consensus is nine. So we're uh, over or under nine wins this season. Well, I'll take the second part first, please. I, I've seen eight and a half more recently. It seems to be trending down. And that would, uh, I would, you know, this is not my, my gig, but uh, I would say that people in that realm should be considering uh, nine wins as not necessarily safe, but as the minimum because. Uh, they do have Ohio State and USC coming to South Bend this year under the lights, and I think Notre Dame can split those. At Clemson, that's, that's a tough call. That's a tough task. I, nine and three feels about right for the regular season. As far as uh, uh, what was the first part? I see I never take the second part first because you forget the first part. <laughs> You're no problem. Me, you're asking me about 20, the, the opener, of course. Uh, take the yeah, points on 20, that one. Uh, okay. uh, Navy. I did a little research, uh, not just for your show, but I'm going to try it out again. Uh, I look back the last two years, even in the last two years of Ken 
Nui Matalolo. Uh, Navy, when getting 12 points or more, was a perfect 6-0 and and was 14-6 and overall against the spread as an underdog. So they, they are uh, – they're not bad in this spot. This is, they're comfortable in this spot. They're getting almost three touchdowns. Notre Dame, conversely, in one year under Marcus Freeman, one in five when giving at least six points. So uh, I would say that um, you know, those trends would point me. Small trends, small sample size, but Navy's always tricky. Newberry drove him crazy as a defensive coordinator last year, five sacks in the second half. Now he's the head coach. They're going to, re- I think, the, uh, unleash the hounds. And uh, the fact that you've got a little jet lag thrown in there, too, and a little you know, debut rollout pressure for uh, Sam Hartman, I, I think it will be a compelling game. I say Notre Dame uh, wins by 10. Hey, Mike, this has been great. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, have a fun time. Looks like a, 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 that would right. be a, a blast, awesome. I would think. So have a good time and uh, don't work too hard or actually work hard, whatever. All right. Thank- <laughs> Whatever. We just just remember Luther Bradley. There you go. Thank you, Bob. That's right. I, I wouldn't expect any Luther Bradley comment, so that's good. Okay, have a good one. We'll talk to you. I'm oh, sure during the season. There. Thanks, Mike Berardino of the South Bend Tribune and also ND Insider. In the next segment, it'll be phone call time: six zero two two sixty ten sixty. Also, today's local roundup. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM ten sixty and Kiss Lux HD two one hundred point seven.